Would you give him a hand as he comes? In 40 years. Praise the Lord. Would you smile? And, and please stand up for a second, everyone. And would you uh, do me a kind favor? By the way, the sound in here is great. They're doing a great job with the sound. Thank you. I want you to act like your foot is on the devil's neck right now. I maybe would like to get back at the devil for a few things he's done. Today, uh, your pastor said it was an honor for him to have me here. The honor is mine because Jesus told me to come today. And I do what he says. How many of you do what he says? Now, all things are possible because he's here. Now, I'm going to give you a reason to clap your hands in a moment. I love this saying. We are the only movement in the history of the world where the founder attends every meeting. So clap your hands right now. Let's give the Lord a shout. A shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you one of the most amazing stories you've ever heard in your life. How many of you would like a good story? But first, I want to give you one official rule about me so that we can be together together and enjoy this I don't believe that you should ever speak unless God's given you a word unless you've been in prayer and the Lord told you to say something why don't you just shut up how many of you agree with that how many of you know a preacher can be boring if he's not careful one time there was this preacher who was so boring I miss Johnny Carson sometimes, especially here lately. He was so boring that a man in the back of the church went out in the churchyard and got a brick to throw it at him. Came back in the church and he launched the brick, but it fell short of the glory. It hit the man on the front pew on the back of his head. The man who got hit in the back of the head with the brick stood up and said, hit me again, I can still hear him. <laughs> Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Put your hand over your heart. Say, I need to hear from you. I need a word from God. How many of you need a word from God today? It may be about a job, a marriage, a disease it may be about something but man will not live by bread alone church is not supposed to be symbolic it's literal he's really here he's really ready to speak Jesus close your eyes right now say Jesus say it even louder son of God holy one of Israel king of kings lord of lords Talk to me today. Let your word bring life, power, and anointing like we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Now clap your hands, everybody. Now throw a shout on top of that. 
glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, you're ready for the word. I know you are. Now smile, look at the person beside you and say this to him. You must be a genius. Because you decided to sit next to me in church. You must be a genius. And, that, and then tell him this. This is the power spot of the whole church right here. You're, you must be a genius. Hallelujah. Well, clap your hands one more time, will you? Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Thank you so much. And uh, so that I don't do anything weird, I'm, I'm just going to talk to the sound people a little bit. This is my fault, not yours. If I lean like this, I'll get real loud. If I stay like this, I might, it's better for my posture. So I'm going to stay up here like this. Look at me right now. We have some real important people in this house right now. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But we also have my wife. Amen. Now I bring my wife to a church when there's a threat of revival. When there's a chance that something might break out, I want my wife to be with me. Would you uh, greet her right now? This is Michelle Murillo, my wife. Thank you. There's a man seated next to her that is an amazing man. And uh, he is 90 years old. A hero from the Battle of Iwo Jima. A true American hero. And he loves the Lord. He's the most voracious soul winner I ever met. He's also my father-in-law. And I wonder if, if Tina, Michelle's sister, and my father-in-law would both stand up right now. Would you greet this great man right there? Hallelujah. Now before we start to resemble the Academy Awards from tonight, I'm going to jump right into something. I want to talk to you. I judge a church by its pastor. It's not the building. This building's beautiful. They've done a wonderful job with this building. As I said, I love the sound. I love the way you sound when you sing in this house. But it is the heart of the man of God and his wife that will determine the power of a congregation. And when I met your pastor supernaturally, I met him in the spirit, never met him in the natural, met him in the spirit, met his wife in the spirit. And, uh, and forgive me for forgetting the name of the wonderful couple that was with you when you came up. Well, yes. Well, let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. He wants revival. He wants it. He wants it bad. He wants it so bad that he put me under conviction. I looked at him and I said, man, this, this man's ready for revival right now. He needs to be protected. And I want to tell you, he's ready for the move of the Spirit 
And I wonder how many of you are. Wave your hand at me right now. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about you. This story is about you. There once was a very famous speaker. He was an orator. He was one of the blue ribbon speakers of the United States. He was trained at Cambridge University. He was the prince of Bible expositors. Of his time, there was no equal. But he got mad at somebody one day and started saying there was no baptism in the Holy Spirit, there was no healing, and he dedicated himself to disproving the gifts of the Spirit. And because he was so wealthy and so famous, he had damaged the Pentecostal movement. Well, one of the people that he despised most in the whole world was a little woman evangelist by Amy Semple McPherson. And this man decided he was going to expose her as a fraud. He even bought a full-page ad in the newspaper of his city saying divine healing bubble burst. And he was saying Sunday morning I'm going to preach on this and expose divine healing as being a fraud. Well, he took a train to where she was preaching. You're never going to guess what city she was preaching in. San Jose, California, in the mid-20s. She was at the First Baptist Church here in San Jose. And he came and snuck in the back, and the Holy Ghost told Amy, Dr. Charles S. Price is in the building. And she said, Dr. Price is here. Everybody knew his name. Everybody in America knew his name. And she said, Dr. Price, why would you sit in the back? Why don't you come to the front? And she put him on the stage right here in San Jose. And he began to watch blind eyes open, wheelchairs empty. And then God said to him, you need the Holy Ghost. How many of you need the Holy Ghost? Help me so. How many of you remember when you needed the Holy Spirit? So he sat right behind the piano and he said he looked up and he could see the heavens. He was having an open vision right on that platform. And a fireball came and it was coming at him. And it hit him in his forehead and he fell on the ground and came up speaking in a heavenly language. Not only did he end up getting filled with the Holy... Somebody give the Lord praise right now. Is that, is that wonderful? Not only did he end up getting filled with the Spirit, he had to change his sermon for the next morning. All of the city of Lodi, all the way down to Turlock, all the way up to Sacramento, they'd come to hear him expose Pentecost. They were packed in there. He walks in and he didn't even warn his wife. And he says to the audience, Today, I was going to tell you that this woman was a fraud, but I'm here to tell you that she is a true woman of God. And the oxygen went out of the room. <laughs> he said, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And from this moment on, I'm going to dedicate myself to preaching all the gospel. Help me somebody. 
Now, now wait a minute. Before you clap again, how many of you believe that we're hiding the gospel today? How many of you believe we need to preach all of it today? How many of you believe we got nothing to be ashamed of today? How can you be ashamed of what will heal brain cancer, drug addiction, and save this nation? I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I may run around this room. I'm just feeling a little too happy for my own good. Dr. Price became a Pentecostal evangelist. He ended up being the associate pastor of Angelus Temple, and he traveled preaching to crowds of 15 and 20,000. When he arrived in Seattle, Washington, and this is my last story about him, there were 12,000 people in the Seattle arena, and Dr. Price stood up to preach on Christ. Can you imagine? He had had all the teaching in the world, and now God had poured gasoline on it and lit him on fire. And they brought a woman in a wooden box in the back of the, the arena at Seattle and laid her on the ground. She had her feet out of the bottom of the box, her arms off the side near the top, and her head was sticking out of the top of that box. She had been hopelessly paralyzed, and in that day, that was the best they could do for her. You see, she was famous wing walker. She's one of those stunt people that would walk on a biplane on the wing and she fell and when she hit the ground somehow miraculously she survived but she was paralyzed all the way in the back a bunch of juvenile delinquents start making fun of the evangelist and they say if God's real why didn't he heal this one And the Holy Spirit spoke to Dr. Price and said, go back there and I'll heal her. How many of you'd like to have been in that meeting? Well, I'm going to scare you right now. I believe we're going to have a meeting like that tonight at 6 o'clock. I have a feeling that something tonight is going to happen that's going to shake this entire city. When he went to the back, full of faith, overcome by the anointing, he ordered the men take tools and let her out. Then he grabbed her by the hand and this paralyzed woman stood up, completely healed. But that didn't stop there. She began twirling like she was a ballet dancer. And for the next 40 minutes, thousands of people stood up and came to the inside so she could go around them. Without her eyes open, she twirled for 40 minutes. Finally, Dr. Price asked her, what is happening? She said, I have been dancing on streets of gold. Somebody clap and give God the glory. Well, the reason that I told you this whole story and why it's about you is easy to guess. You might think, well, it's because he got right with God in San Jose, California. No, that's not it. But there are many deep wells of revival in San Jose, and I know that for a fact. It's that one day, Watson Argue Sr. up in Canada had just started a church. You see, in that day, when an evangelist came to town, 
they would go where there were no churches. They would get a bunch of people converted and filled with the Spirit. Someone would start a church. And that's precisely what Watson argued Jr. did in Canada. And one day he had Dr. Price there and thousands were saved. And he said, I need a name for our church. I need a name. And Dr. Price said, you know, I've always thought that Calvary Temple would be a great name for a church. That was the first one. So when I was invited to Calvary Temple of Campbell, in the city where Dr. Price had been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, something began to tremble in me very deeply. Now I'm going to say something right now, and if you don't amen me, I'm going to be upset, and I'll admit it. This church does not belong to you. I need some help right now. I'm going to say it again. This church doesn't belong to you. Not only does this church not belong to you, God does not need your permission to move in this church. And for those of you that would entertain the insane notion, listen up. You can't stop God. Help me, somebody. You can't stop God. Today, the message, which I've already been preaching, that story was part of the sermon, by the way. I'm not just getting started. I've been in this for a while. What is the most important question that anyone has ever asked Calvary Temple of Campbell? And I believe I know it. I don't believe that I'm the greatest preacher in the world. I don't believe that I'm the greatest preacher that has stood in this pulpit. But I'm going to tell you right now, our nation is in serious trouble. Somebody help me right now. Is America in trouble? You know, when I started preaching back in the 1900s, <laughs> I love saying it that way. I'm going to rearrange this carpet a little bit, if you don't mind. Just want to push it closer to there. Feel like I'm on two levels now. When I started preaching as a very young man, I, I said America's in trouble. I didn't know what I was talking about. See, because I said that the first time when Billy Graham was doing citywide meetings. Oral Roberts was packing out his 10,000-seat tent. America was one nation under God. We knew male from female. Somebody help me right now. I'm trying to say something up here. Back when I began preaching that America was in trouble... There were two Christian schools opening in this nation every day. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to get your attention. I remember when I preached that America was in trouble when Bethel Church was putting up their big church on Winchester. When Calvary Community had gotten a permit to build a $7 million church. When Kenny Foreman had built Cathedral of Faith and Dick Burnell was ready to break ground on Jubilee. When is the last time you saw a church building built in the Santa Clara Valley? You tell me the last time you read about a new church building being approved by this city. You don't know this, but you're going to know it now. The San Jose City Council is one of the most 
hateful of Christians of any city in the United States. You know that this city, uh, and I know we're in Campbell, but I'm talking San Jose, Silicon Valley, whatever you want to call it, is living in radical, violent, unprecedented opposition to the U.S. Constitution. Because it says that you will not create a law that will impede the freedom of religion. If you build a church in this city with more than 999 seats, you will be denied a permit. And that is against the U.S. Constitution. And the God-haters of the Santa Clara Valley have taken prayer out of the school, God out of the narrative, and made it impossible for us to realize how far this has gotten. How many of you believe it's time to declare war on the devil in Santa Clara Valley? I need some help right now. So I'm going to ask you the most important question anyone ever asked this church. Hallelujah. How many of you have relatives? <laughs> How many of you know if you didn't raise your hand, you were cloned? <laughs> now I get to my fun part. How many of you have weird relatives? Sometimes I, I notice people and then jerk it back down because they're sitting with them. And then they'll go, oh no, I didn't mean you. <laughs> Jesus had relatives. And they had heard the news. That gangly carpenter's kid is drawing the largest crowds that Israel's ever seen. He's getting more people than Elijah did. He's even outdoing John the Baptist. They say he's even raised the dead. There are rumors that he opened up a catering service that nobody can compete with. He doesn't just predict the weather, he controls it. Somebody help me right now. All of that comes back to your hometown. So when he came back, their first reaction was, what do you do? What do you do? Well, I've, I've gotten that look from congregations, thinking that I bring revival in my briefcase, that I've got something to offer. Without God's anointing, I'm helpless. Absolutely helpless. There's nothing going to happen. I'm going to go over like a pregnant pole vaulter if I don't have the anointing. I don't know why I just said that, but <laughs> Pastor, we're going to have to discuss that one later because that was, oh, thank you, brother. Without the anointing, preaching is like trying to sell hearing aids over the phone. Jesus looked at them, mad that he had gotten famous, mad and they, listen to this. This is the strangest thing you could ever say about Jesus Christ. Who does he think he is? Let me give you the news. He doesn't think he is. He is. Try it again. He doesn't think he is. He is. The Bible says that Jesus could not do very many miracles. The Bible, you know, and I looked it up because it upset me. 
First of all, it says these words. In verse 3, it says, they were offended at him. At the end of verse 3. Now look at me right now. How many of you believe that people get offended over stupid things? Atheists. Help me with that. I don't believe in God and Christians make me mad. Look, I know people that believe in Cinderella. It doesn't make me mad because I know she was a mythical character. It isn't that you don't believe in God as an atheist. It's that you're mad at God. So, you know, that people get offended over the silliest things. Now, I, I know that because I fly on airplanes. And I look at flight attendants and I wonder how they do it. Because people that are absolute idiots get on airplanes. You wonder if there shouldn't be like a personality test to get on an airplane. And I, sometimes I feel when I'm on a plane, it's always Halloween. And I look at what these flight attendants go through. I'll see a man that weighs 300 pounds with rippling biceps holding on to a piece of luggage that maybe weighs 40 pounds and hand it to this 85-pound flight attendant and say, would you put this up in the overhead? And then if she won't, he'll get mad. I've seen a flight attendant carrying 85 cups of soda and have a guy say, could you take mine? I'm going to tell you something. How do you get offended at miracles? I would like to get these God-haters into a room and say, what is it about Jesus that makes you want to rather have the Koran on campus than the New Testament? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm also upset with Jerry Brown. I'm praying for him. I want him to be converted in a detention center for a while. And... Uh, in love, of course. you you got to say everything in love, folks. <laughs> I'm so glad you have a sense of humor. That would have been terrible, Pastor, if they didn't have a... We would have been in deep yogurt if they didn't have a sense of humor right there. But I'm going to tell you why. We have some wonderful people here this morning from Victory Outreach. One of them is on our staff, Pastor Josie Pineda, here in the second row. But, but I want you to look at me. When you have a government drug program, 7% of the heroin addicts get off drugs. When they go to a Christian rehab center that believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the cure rate goes up over 80%. Somebody give me an amen right there. 80%. And, and look, they go, we can't have God. We can't be having God in the prisons. We can't be having Christ in the schools. And if it took 80% of our kids off of drugs, here, listen to this. And I love this lamp. It makes the right noise. Everybody pay attention to me. Or I'll interrogate you with the light. It's... And, if I... and look, this thing can move all the way across the audience. <laughs> it takes 
your tax money, $1 million to track down, arrest, incarcerate, imprison, and rehabilitate one drug addict in California. And there are ministries like mine that get young people off of drugs. And I did the math. Right now, Jerry Brown owes me $1 billion. No, I need to buy. He owes me a billion dollars. But I, I snuck up on you, and I, I admit that. And listen. I can always use this switch. And by tonight, I can get, even get a higher wattage. But the fact is, church is important. It's important to a city. I maybe would rather have an on-fire church in your neighborhood than Planned Parenthood. Tell me, really. And then when I look at you and I, I see you, you have hopes and aspirations. Jesus came back and they were offended at him. And he could do no mighty work there. And I looked at that in verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people. I said, God, that can't be real. You're the son of God. You raised Lazarus from the dead. You told the storm to cease. You cast out 3,000 devils out of one man. There's no way that you could not do a miracle in that city. This is exactly what it says in the original Aramaic, that there was a force that Jesus could not get past. That's why I believe even more than cocaine, even more than the gay agenda, as so many people like to talk about, even more than secular progressivism, America's greatest enemy is the cold, dead, hypocritical Christian. See, the secular progressive can't stop God. The atheist can't stop God. But in his hometown, Christ came across the force that could stop him. And every Sunday morning, across our nation, in what ought to be the most hopeful, explosive, and effective gathering of human beings, people get together, they have a cold, dead experience, they want to get out at noon, they don't want anything real to happen to them, and the price we're paying is our own children. See, look at me, Grandma. One day you're going to be in heaven and your grandchildren will still be here. You're sending them into a future that doesn't include you. Revival is no longer a wispy dream or an extracurricular, wouldn't it be great? Right now, America's survival depends on us not being these people in this story. Somebody say amen. 
I wonder if you would agree with me that we want Jesus to be at home in this house. I maybe want to agree with me that we want Christ to feel free to do all of his miracles in our building. The name of your church came from a man who was one of the greatest healing evangelists in not only American history, but in world history. I like stories with happy endings. I maybe like stories with happy endings. I've heard preachers before. Listen, I'm, there were some, old, some of these old boys knew how to scare people to death. I may remember those old style evangelists. Get in a tent and they would say, I'm gonna count to three. And when, they, when you heard the number three, people would start screaming and running to the front. But sometimes they'd leave the audience hanging over hell. How many of you like stories with happy endings? Wave your hand at me. Listen to this. Go to verse 53 of Mark chapter 6. When they crossed over, We'll look at it. Mark 6, verse 53. What a difference, folks. What a difference one meeting can make from another. Listen to me. We're about to see the meeting where nothing happened, followed by the meeting where everything happened. How many of you want that kind of meeting tonight, where everything happened? When they crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret, anchored there, verse 54. And when they, that's Jesus and the 12 disciples, came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Watch me. Everybody look at me. Two groups of people. One that grew up with him and knew him so well they didn't know him at all. Their reaction when he arrived. They didn't lay the sick out in the marketplace. They didn't sweep their streets. They didn't prepare any celebration. They didn't do anything. When he went to the other side of the lake and they got out of the boat, the Bible says the people recognized him and ran. Now look at me. How many of you know that in church we used to be excited about Christ? I'm going to use the word excited, not believe in. Excited. Now you go to church today, you'll find out that people are excited about other things. And I'm going to tell you why. You can get signed up for things at church. Listen, I want to tell you I got this phone card. And if you sign up five people under you in this phone card, you're going to get a lifetime of income. And then there'll be a water filter, a cookie. There'll be stuff, how to pay your light bill through a certain company. You're going to make a ton of money. These are Christians that are excited. Now, let me take you to this moment back in time when you would walk into church and someone would say, my cousin's divorce has been canceled because they've both been born again. My mom has been healed of cancer. I am so excited. Will you see her young people say, you know, I've just come off the campus and my friends have found the Lord. And I don't party and I don't get high because Christ and his power is in me. You know, people are excited about everything else. 
Look at me because I'm about to make a statement here and I need a loud amen on this one. Church is not regular. I go to that church regularly. You know how bad that sounds? I go to that church regularly. You also get your gum scraped every six months. You get your oil changed at Jiffy Loop. You can tell a lot about a church by the way they give the announcements. Wednesday night is our regular service. Regular. Regular. And you know what it all says? I'm going to sit in my regular spot. We're going to sing the regular song and we're going to be out by the regular time. And I hate the word regular. And the only time the word regular sounds good is when you're talking about constipation. All right, I, I, was, I was beside myself there for a moment, but I'm okay now. They recognized him. They recognized him. You see, in church, there are two groups of people, the relatives of Jesus and the worshipers of Jesus. And let me tell you about the regulars. They know him so well, they don't know him at all. They're the kind of people that walk up to a new convert and say, look, a year from now, all that's going to wear off. Wow. Nothing happened because of how they saw him. It's, there's no mystery to why nothing happens in a church. There's no expectancy. There's nothing royal, regal, honorable, or deeply expectant about the entire event. I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you the truth. They recognized him. Oh, I'd love for you to imagine Jesus stepping out of the boat and they saw him. And they looked at him and said, stay right there. I'm going to go get my wife who's dying of cancer, and I'm bringing her to here right now. The, and this is what it says. Listen, they recognized him and ran. In the other church, they knew him and sat down. They ran, began to carry others to wherever, and they ran through the entire surrounding region. They looked at Christ, and they said, there is the healing for cancer, for epilepsy, for addiction, for suicide, for demon possession. Forget about my phone car. Forget about the last movie I saw. I see the Son of God. And I look in His eyes and I know that all things are possible. And when I today look in the eyes of Christ, I know it is not too late for America. No, you're not helping me enough. I know it's not too late for America. How many of you believe God can still turn this country around? What a difference. They began to carry others on beds. Those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Now let me ask you something. 
be honest with me. If you could forget that I'm in this pulpit for a minute, if you could forget what anybody has said about me, whether it's good or bad, just take me out of the equation. What if we were to repent and say, God, forgive me for being religious and forgive me for ever taking my church for granted and forgive me for ever feeling like I was kidnapped and dragged there and let me believe that a church service is the most explosive, powerful, unimaginable good thing that could ever happen to anybody. That Lord, in a single service, 120 believers changed the world. In a single moment, a man got up from in front of the gate beautiful and even more people were saved then than were saved on the day of Pentecost. Now listen, it said wherever he entered, verse 55, they ran through that whole region, began to carry on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. They have it. They have it right there in that phrase. Wherever they heard he was. If 10 people in this room could be convinced that tonight Jesus is going to be in this room. And they could absorb the revelation of just what that would mean. I believe that the one who raises the dead, cleanses the leper, heals the insane, and does the supernatural is going to be in Calvary Temple of Campbell. He's going to be there. He's going to make a personal appearance. It's not about Mario. It's not about Pastor Connor. Not about anything except one thing. Jesus is going to be in the room. Somebody start clapping right now. Come on, start shouting right now. Start believing right now. Go ahead. Those of you that love to shout, do it now. Those of you that have been holding it in, let it out. Those of you that have been afraid, begin to celebrate that the Son of God Today is the second day that the movie The Son of God has been out nationwide. People are flocking all over the country to sit in a theater and see a, dra a dramatic representation of what he was like before. When he can be seen in person for what he's doing now right here in this building. They laid the sick in the marketplaces. Look at verse 56, everyone. Get excited. Verse 56, wherever he entered, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces, and they begged him that he might, they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Bible scholars tell us that in this single meeting, it was very likely that over 100,000 healings occurred. 
and the disease was wiped out in that region. Can you imagine if we obey God and the cancer rate in San Jose drops because of Christ himself being here? Now I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. How many of you can tell I didn't come here to be liked? <laughs> I love you too much for that. I love this man too much for that. I know that every saint that's sitting here remembers what the term Pentecostal meant at one time. I know you do. It wasn't a mindless, emotional freak. Why didn't they wear makeup back then? What was it that the ladies in Azusa Street didn't wear makeup? Well, they never were against makeup. They were just too on fire to find the time to put it on. They were distracted by revival. Those saints from Azusa Street would be horrified to think that we had preached against makeup. I remember one time a lady dragged something up to the front behind her, realized it was her husband. And she had no makeup on. She told me, what do you think about makeup? And I, I, I got in the flesh. I said, get some. I maybe never expected to hear that one out of Calvary Temple. I'm about to ask this church the most important question anyone's ever asked this church can God do a mighty work here location is irrelevant because you just read that wherever he went this miracle happened the amount of finances that a church has doesn't matter because he'll get the mortgage payment right out of the mouth of a fish. All God wants to know is, can he do a mighty work at Calvary Temple of Campbell? I want to give him back his church. I want him to take over. I want to apologize to the Holy Spirit for human programs. I want to finish up. Say Jesus. No, say Jesus. Say Jesus. You know, there was a way that somebody said that one time who was stone blind on the road to Jericho. And Bartimaeus heard Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He knew that was it. I feel down deep where I can feel it the most that God is speaking and calling America to repent one last time. And he's calling on the church to be the mouthpiece 
See, he won't do it without us. The Bible says they cannot hear without a preacher. Now, he can do it. He can do it right here. He can do it right now. He can do it by his holy power in ways that we could never imagine. He can do it. Everybody look at me. Clap your hands. Give the Lord praise. Come on. Give the Lord praise. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell you what we're going to do now. I'm going to look at you. You know the scariest thing about God to me? Is that it doesn't matter who you are. That the minute you ask for revival, he takes you seriously. And begins to enact a plan. There's not a church in America that couldn't have revival right now. If after they ask him, God gives them a plan and they run through with it. Now, Santa Clara Valley needs another church the way a submarine needs a screen door. It needs the churches that are here to get on fire. Am I right? Sometime I don't think we'll be able to do it until we understand that God takes the prayer for revival seriously. We want it. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask, I don't know if we've been putting the verses up on the screen or not. Have we or, yes, we haven't? I'm going to quote one. Second Chronicles 29, verse 10. It is in my heart to make a covenant with God, the king said, that his fierce wrath turned from us. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand, not yet. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand, but not yet. And in that moment, when you stand up, we're going to ask this building to become a revival center in the South Bay. I want this to be the place where people fold under conviction driving by this building. I want this to be the place where wheelchairs are empty, blind eyes are open, cancer is healed, and Christ is glorified. How many of you are ready for this to be that place? But see, this building needs a people inside of it. A people who don't care anymore. I, we do not care what other churches are doing. Don't care. We're not even trying to get your people. We don't even want your people. We want the prostitute, the drug addict, the lonely. How many of you know we want the billionaire from Silicon Valley who's up in his Los Altos Hills home right now about to put a gun in his mouth because he has no meaning. But there is a God, help me somebody, help me preach right now. There is a God who will work through us. How many of you want this to be that place? Get up on your feet if you want this to be that place. I believe in the gift of praying in tongues. I believed in it all my life. Ever, 
I got filled with the Spirit almost 40 years ago. I have prayed in the Spirit for 40 years. And I'm going to tell you now, let that language from the Holy Spirit begin to flow through your body. Let God wipe out your fear. Let Him wipe out your insecurity. Let Him wipe out your religious coldness. Take me back, Lord, to my first love. Take me back to the day when every day was a miracle and every moment was supernatural. Well, I want to hear you pray right now. I want to hear you pray. I want you to raise your voice and say with all your heart, let this be the place where you are recognized. Let this be the place where we run with what you have told us. Let this be the place where power is unleashed and devils are cast out and disease vanishes and revival breaks out and you allow us to be one yet one more time one nation under God. God don't judge America save America. God don't destroy America but help us Lord and stop our leaders from destroying this nation. Glory to God. This is the place we are the people. This is the place we are the people. This is the place and we are the people. Everybody clap your hands and give the Lord. Come on. Glorify His name. Glorify His name. Glorify His name. People are battling things in this room right now. And I just feel like there is so much victory coming in and on us. I just want to thank him. Be seated for a moment. Be seated for a moment. Keep praying in the Holy Spirit, if you will. Keep praying in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you see, God is ending the drought right now. He's ending the drought right now. Uriah Maria said, Let your healing virtue flow throughout this house. Let your people be touched by the power of Jesus.
I wonder if we could just clap our hands and give Christ all the glory. maybe you would allow me to pray for one more person in this room would you
What I want you to do is clap to the Lord and give him praise. 
give him praise hallelujah 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 that man will never be the same how many of you would like church to be this way all the time no let me hear from you. how many of you would like church to be like this all the time how many of you can understand why the thousands followed Christ wherever he went say Mara what about my healing first of all I'm going to say my friend you can go to your doctor he can take fresh sets of x-rays and all you're going to see is a doctor that is going to be totally confused but it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing would you give them a great big hand as they go back to their seat thank you so much you all close your eyes for a moment I'm going to tell you that there are people in this room and you will know who you are that God's going to ask you to put your hand in the air he's going to tell you to raise your hand but I'm not going to be vague about why Jesus cannot be lumped in with all of the other religious leaders of fame in history no one has the right or the luxury to place Christ alongside of Muhammad Buddha or any other leader people say well Christ was a great moral teacher people ought to know him because he was a great moral teacher like Gandhi he was a great moral teacher well you can't do that because Jesus said he was the son of God he said that he came to save the lost and that he could forgive our sins and restore us to God now if you don't believe that and you say well I, I admire Christ because he's a great moral teacher well if he isn't the son of God then he's a liar and a liar cannot be a great moral teacher it's it's possible for people to have great affection for Christ without having Christ. It's possible for people to fall back on some cloudy and murky ritual in their childhood and claim that that was the miracle of finding Christ. But you see, if you can't point to an exact date you can't point to a day and say, on this day, I ceased to be a lost soul. And I began to be a redeemed soul. 
Unless you can look at a moment of demarcation where one time of your life ended and another time of your life began, then you need to make it clear today. People say, Mara, you're judging. No, I am not here to judge you. But I'm here to tell you, one day you will be judged. But God is offered through his son, the son of God, not the great moral teacher. He is offered through him the gift of an out-of-court settlement. That's what Isaiah was talking about when he said, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as wool. Though they be red as crimson, they will be white as snow. Jesus went to the court on your behalf. Now, the onus, it is incumbent on you. In athletic terms, the ball is in your court. You have to decide. Jesus, I am yours. Now, here's what I want you to do. And I want everyone listening, nobody missing this one point. You may have issues with religion. And I hope you do. Because there's hope for you if you dislike hypocrisy in church. If, if it nauseates you when people do not live their message, there's hope for you. By the same token, if you are equally discomfortable or uncomfortable when someone says there is no God, both of these things bother you. You are a candidate for Christ. If you are equally repelled by the idea of living by hollow rules and regulations with half-hearted and lukewarm people who don't know what they're talking about in the name of God, there is great hope for you if you don't like that. And there's great hope for you if the idea that we are a cruel accident that just spun into existence, if you believe there's a creator and there is intelligence behind this creation. You're a person of great hope. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to put your hand in the air. If you are in this room and you'll say, I believe in God. In fact, I love God. The problem is I cannot identify that moment when I said yes to Christ. And I let him make me a new creation. So today I want to raise my hand to God so that he would make me a new creation. So that I would know beyond a doubt that all my sins are forgiven. That my name is in God's book. And that I am in fact a child of God. You see, I'm not even asking you to become a child of God. The Bible says that all the human race are children of God. But what I want you to do is to be a redeemed child of God, saved by his mercy. Mario, pray with me.
Pray with me that today I will say yes. Now look, maybe you've made up your mind not to raise your hand. I cannot force you, but I can solemnly warn you. In the Living Bible, it says, with a very long sermon, Peter warned the crowd, save yourself from the destruction and the evil of your nation. That's how it's rendered. Save yourself from the destruction and the evil of your nation. You see what's going on around you. God wants to protect you and those you love, but he can't. But G Peter's, Paul said it to the jailer. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. Mara, I want a new life. I want to clearly know today that Jesus is in my heart and that I am his. With nobody looking, if that's you, put your hand in the air. Do it now. Put your hand in the air and do it now. Now stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You say, Mara, you tricked me. No, I know that this is important. Please stand to your feet. there's anyone else anyone else that knows they belong on their feet if you brought someone today and they're not on their feet and you know this is the miracle they need ask them to stand right now say let's stand let's do it now this is so awesome would all of you who are on your feet look at me? Every disciple of Jesus was called out of a crowd publicly. So I want to ask you if you will just get out of your seat and walk toward this pulpit. Stand underneath right here. Come to the only one in the whole world who matters. Come to the only one. Reading. Let's clap real loud. How many of you know this is a beautiful sight? How many of you know this is a beautiful sight? See, si. Gloria a Dios. Y voy a hablar un poquito en español. Porque es el momento para una vida nueva. El poder del Espíritu Santo está en su cuerpo para limpiar todos sus pecados. Se va a dar poder y fe. Y vas a tener el amor de Dios. Everyone, put your hand over your heart. That's up here. Everyone in the audience, point toward these people. Declare a miracle. Here's a woman giving her heart to Christ after she's been healed in eight different parts of her body. The only reason I ever began to pray for the sick is because I saw souls saved when people were healed. 
Say this out loud in church, join in. Say, Jesus, I'm standing here today because you died on the cross. And on the third day, you rose again. You went through all of that for me. And now it is reasonable and right. It is appropriate that I give you all of me and I hold nothing back. From this moment on, you own me, my mind, my past, my future, my body, my spirit, my soul. Apply your blood as the greatest cleansing agent in all the universe. Wash me clean and make me a new person. I believe in your Holy Spirit and I thank you that he is coming in and that you, Lord Jesus, will guide my life. I am now a true Christian, born again, revived, saved in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout right now. This is, this is miracle time. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. Now would all of you, would all of you listen to me? Every church has a different means of dealing with people that have just met Christ. And I'm not going to overrule or abandon whatever the Lord has done in this church. But my brother, could I let these people use this room? Can I tell you something? Anyone who came with you today is going to wait for you and they're going to know right where you are. You need about five minutes with someone to pray with you. Now, why do we take information from you? It's not so we can send you spam. We're, we're, and I remember a day when that meant something completely different. But I want you to know it's to prove that we love you, that you aren't just a name or a number. We want to stay connected to make sure you can grow in God. So would you all turn this way? And Edgar, would you lead them in right now? And let's have some of the workers... And uh, thank you, Josie. Josie is in charge of all of the souls that get saved in our meetings. But we, we, we do it very simply. And Pastor, if there are people you want to, them to pray with, you, you can just ask them to come. And look at our brother still in the third heaven right there in the middle of Somebody clap and give God the glory. If you'll hold steady, how many of you today see that you are standing with a ministry that puts souls first? Because I'll tell you what evangelists do. They will not give an altar call if they know there's supposed to be a second offering. 
was they don't want any of the workers or any of the people gone. They want everyone to be there because they figure by doing that they're going to get more money. I don't operate that way. I just thank God that he is my provider. Is he your provider? Clap your hands if he is your provider. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us a wonderful story. And it says that Elijah left the brook because it dried up. And he said, I commanded a widow to provide for you. 1 Kings 17 verse 10 says, so he went there. Now God will speak to people. That's how miracles are done financially. God talks to people. And the Bible tells us that when he went to Zarephath, the widow was preparing the last meal to feed her son and then die. But fear got a grip on her. Now the evangelist wasn't out of order because the Lord told him, I've chosen them to provide for you. What was out of order was her fear. She said, I, I don't have anything to feed you with. I'm going to die. And he could have been nasty, but instead he was very loving. He said, fear not. Because you see, you're sending me to take care of the national disaster known as Ahab and Jezebel. I'm about to get rid of two people that need to be off the throne. How many of you know some people that need to be out of leadership in this nation? We created last year a ministry called Living Proof. Living Proof is going to win one million young people to Christ in this nation. How are we going to do it? Because they get healed in the meetings the way you saw today. Some of them are healed by coming off of heroin completely by one touch in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the most dangerous cities in America is just a short drive south of here, Salinas. It's where the Mexican drug cartels have their only footprint in the United States. And the mayor of Salinas said so. Well, we went down there. And in three days, 900 souls were saved. And give God the glory. On the third night of our living proof crusade in Salinas at the fairgrounds, God had me to say the most ridiculous thing I've ever said in a pulpit. I looked at nearly 2,000 people and I said, if you are addicted to drugs and you want to be set free, walk down here. I've never said that in, in 45 years of preaching. I've never said that because I, I feel like it's almost a shameful thing for someone to stand up and in front of a group of people walk down and admit they're an addict. But I did it. And before I knew it, there were 200 young people standing in front of me. We have eyewitnesses that were here that saw that. All over America, the press has made it look like our young people don't want God. But I'm here to tell you they want Christ. They want Him bad. And we're going to go after Him. So today, I'm going to ask you to understand. 
I stood here and gave you everything God had for me. I'm going to ask you to help us win American young people. We're going to take a missionary offering, but we're not going to take it for very long. And today, we're going to make out the check to Mario Murillo Ministries. It's not going to go to me. It's going to go to what we say it goes to. We're going to reach out. Now, to save time and effort, I'd like you to make your check out just MMM. That's all you have to do. And by the way, I want to thank Pastor Dennis Connor for lovingly giving us permission to do what we're doing now. And we do not want to abuse that privilege. The second half of this gift that you're about to decide on is to build a war chest for revival in Campbell, California, right here. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. And uh, we have envelopes for you that will allow you to get on our list of where we can tell you all the miracles God's doing through our ministry. We're going to do this very quickly. If you're giving cash, this allows you to get a receipt. If you're writing a check, it will automatically be receipted. And if you would prepare a gift and demonstrate your love. Now, the half that's important in this is this half. Yeah, just hand them out. And I'll, I'll share and just hand them out to everyone. I want all of you that are here to hear this. It was about the woman, not about Elijah. God had already proven he could feed the prophet with crows and ravens. What this was about was the people. Because of sin, the American economy has been injured. Because of sin and turning our back on God, we've had rampant unemployment. Now, I believe that the people of God live under a separate covenant than the New York Stock Exchange. Give me an amen right there. We do not rise and fall like the price of gold. We are touched and protected. Again, your check is made out to MMM, and that's all I need to say about this today. And I want to thank you for being generous. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Folks, can I get an amen? Did we see a move of God this morning? Did we see an outpouring of God this morning? Thank you, Jesus. And let's clap for these souls that are walking in right now. That's the best. That's the best. Well, tonight, I want you to come early. And I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come to the front. Uh, and Josh, will you help get them? Uh, yeah. And don't step on our brother who's in the third heaven right in front of you. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you. How many of you are glad to give to souls? Are you? God bless you. Are we waiting on more to come? Yeah, he's coming.
Well, let me say this while they're coming. Everybody look at me. Tonight, say 6 o'clock. And uh, what's going to happen at 6 o'clock is Satan's going to get his lips torn off. And uh, the Lord did not tell me there were going to be healings this morning. He told me they were going to happen tonight. So if this wasn't the healing service, what is that going to look like? Now, we know that some of our friends from the Santa Clara Valley who are in their own churches today are going to come tonight. So I'm going to give you a heads up that you're going to have the best seat in the house if you get here a little bit early. One of the reasons why is you can always count on Christian standard time. Somebody say amen. So make a little bit of an effort, get here a little extra early, and come and be ready. And I want to add one more thing. I checked the TV guide tonight to see if I had any competition. And I want you to know that uh, everything on tonight is stupid. And I make no apology to Hollywood for what I just said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. uh, Are we coming to the front or did we already do it? Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. There are books and other items in the back. I'm not going to talk about them today. Except that you will get an amazing price on everything we have. And all of that gets thrown into the same pot to win young people. But I want to focus on this. You just read in Mark chapter 6, verse 53. They recognized him and ran and began to carry others to wherever they heard he was. Here's the latest news. Tonight, 6 o'clock, in this very building, the Son of God's going to make a personal appearance. And you know what? He's bringing his anointing with him and his miracles. Get on the phone and gossip real good about everything that the Lord is going to do tonight. The Bible says to count them with double honor who preach the word and labor among you. I want to tell you that I believe that Pastor Connors, Pastor Connor is a man of God and that his heart is for this thing to blow up and expand. And I'm going to tell you that if I think And I'm going to be this afternoon. I want to thank the the church for the wonderful room they gave my wife and I to rest this afternoon. And uh, I'm going to be interceding for an even greater outpouring tonight than this morning. And I want to tell you something. It's in this man's heart that this thing blow up. Well, let me just say this about that. God is able to force me to make an announcement tonight that I'm not prepared to make. God is able to do that. So everybody said amen. Would you stand to your feet? Would you please clap loud for Jesus Christ? Glory to God. Everybody say, I am healed. Say, I've been healed. Glory to God. Now, clap real loud. For Pastor Dennis Conner is coming right now.
Brother Mario, before you go, you mentioned Dr. Charles Price. Have you ever heard of the Golden Grain? Yes. I have every edition. If God will speak to you what I want him to speak to you, you can have every one of them. I don't want to bribe you. Yes, I have them all. Yes. Anyway, how many believe in a good Holy Ghost bribe? So, uh, there's an excitement that is good, but there's also something I want you to keep a holy hush in your heart and uh, call people. Bring your vessels, not a few. The Holy Ghost can fill every one of them. God bless you, and we'll see you tonight.